Welcome back to Sit Down Startup Podcast. As you know by now, we bring inspiring stories from leaders in the startup space in a casual coffee shop style conversation. You'll hear how founders, makers, and investors are building the new generation of disruptive startups and how that shapes the world for everyone. Every week, our guests share their growth stories and how their customers play a crucial role in it. If you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, connect with us on Instagram or Twitter at SitDownStartup. In this episode, I chatted with Max Rofaga, founder of Finimize. Max founded Finimize in London in 2016. He was trying to get reliable, unbiased investment and financial information without much luck. The company started off as an online newsletter, which you can still get today, and grew a ton. Finimize provides a different approach to financial education. They are heavily focused on building community programs to maximize the learning experience for their customers. Listen to how Max overcame the challenges of growing from a free newsletter to a fast-growing business. Are you ready? Let's sit down and start up. Max, thank you so much for joining me today here. Let's start off by asking, what is your favorite coffee shop drink? Thank you for having me. So I'm afraid that's a very bland answer, but uh, I pretty much only drink black Americano. That's okay. You can be as as bland as you want to be on it. You could even call it a purist. So I think that's a good marketing spin. <laughs> Minimalist purist. I like that. I, I'll mix it up if it's really hot. I'll, I might get an iced Americano, but uh, typically I get a typically I just get a black Americano. Oh, that's great! So, are you are you are you picky about your bean, or just any type of of coffee is good for you? You know what? Like I, some of those like really fancy indie coffee shops, somehow I don't really enjoy their their beans. They're a bit too bitter and too strong sometimes. I I, I think I go down straight the middle. So, Basically, the blandest uh, and, and most straightforward Americano is, is the one I enjoy the best. I, 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 I don't really go to Starbucks very often, but they have a very good one. Um, so that kind of style, uh, if, if, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, you know, be proud of what you like. That sounds good. I personally like a cappuccino. And as people have heard me say on this podcast before, it could be morning, noon, or night, which I understand is a little yeah. weird. Yeah, cappuccino is great as well. Well, again, I'm really happy to be sitting down and talking with you and I would love to kick us off by having you tell us what inspired you to start Finimize. Sure. So I started Finimize um, out of a very personal experience. Uh, so what happened was I uh, was in my mid to late 20s and every month I took money from my salary and I put it onto a savings account and did that for multiple months. And one day I woke up and realized Fantastic news. I've, I've built up some savings. And then the, the immediate follow-up question for me was, so what do I do with those savings? And I went to go see a financial advisor as a first step. And it was a very pleasant experience, very nice person that I was dealing with. But the moment I walked through the door, I saw that they'd already lay, laid out all the brochures onto the table. And I saw each brochure had their logo on it. And it became apparent very, very, very quickly to me that this was going to be sales pitch for their financial products, as opposed to actually really wanting to help me. And I knew right away that wasn't the right solution for me. And I went back home and I just tried to inform and educate myself as much as I could online 
on uh, on how to think about investing your savings and uh, I found a lot of things but I found it really really convoluted really really complex and was in a fortunate position though that in the evenings I could meet up with friends a lot of them were working in the finance space and I would just bombard them with all the questions that I had from my self-education that day and that I really learned that way and at the same time I kept bumping into people who were very much in the same boat as I was so they were lacking the finance knowledge to really help them think about how to invest their savings. And what they didn't have, though, was a community around them of people who could help support them and empower them to make the right investing decisions. And that then became the genesis moment for Finimize and uh, started to embark on this journey and on this mission where we want to empower people to become their own financial advisors by giving them access to really, really good content and community. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, I have, I can feel that pain for you. I have with you, I have gone through that and a lot of my friends have. And it feels like when we were at a point to start making decisions, it was Google searches. It was like (laughs) not knowing who you can trust ultimately, right? Exactly. I think that's, I think trust is the, is the, is the key here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, and just for, you know, our listeners, you want to tell us a little bit about what Finimize does and, and how you would describe your company? Yeah. So I think in a nutshell, we're a financial insights platform and community. So we, we, on the one side, uh, produce content in house. We have a team of analysts from Goldman Sachs, Fidelity, Bloomberg, who produce really high uh, daily content to help you identify interesting and exciting investing opportunities um, and also educate you if you want to go do deeper dives. We have a very large library of also guides on how to structure your portfolio or like how does Warren Buffett do it, all these things. Um, and then we have a very, very active community um, where essentially our community hosts, which are volunteers who really, really love what we're doing and believe in the mission, they host meetups um, pretty much every single day of the week on topics that they have found resonate with their local communities. Uh, So this used to be very local before COVID, and now it's obviously all virtual. And um, last year, we connected more than 30,000 people. This year, we're on track to connect 60,000 people. Uh, at these meetups and uh, a lot of really really cool stuff happens there um and 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 what's been cool to see is that happened very very organically uh, like i said through the hosts and last year we were the the largest financial gathering in the world actually larger than the top five combined all because of these amazing hosts who host these meetups uh, all over the world and so it's really that combination um of giving you access to really high quality and, and, and practical investing information paired with access to a community of like-minded people that describes and encapsulates the Finimize proposition. Mm, that is incredible. And congratulations on your success. One of my questions was going to be a bit about how you actually got that up and going. And you are very impressive. I know that you've been on a couple of lists and get, and received a lot of awards, including the Forbes 30 Under 30, and also with Business Cloud. So if you were talking about and talking to young uh, young professionals or young entrepreneurs, what would be some of the early stage advice that you would give them and how did it work for Finimize? 
So in the beginning, um, we did a lot of hands-on, uh, grind, hustle kind of things. Um, and I think probably that's the one thing that people, when they start off, need to need to embrace is uh, that you know I, I I don't I mean I'm sure there are examples of getting around it, but I don't I've never experienced getting around it. Um, and because when people ask ask me like, hey, how did you get your first 100 users or first thousand or first 10,000? You know, we, we, I, I like bombarded my, my contact book uh, and emailed everybody like, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is new. Go check it out. Go tell your friends. And uh, then uh, tried to reach out to as many bloggers or journalists so that they would write about us. Like we, we, have, we had a very active a campus program so we would literally drive to universities stand out in the rain uh, outside of the of the entrance to the library and just like try and capture people and be like hey do you want to sign up for, for this uh, service it's free um, and there was a lot of that like very very manual work to I think get that initial um, critical mass quote-unquote uh, and then we started doing larger partnerships with other media companies, for example. But sort of that getting it off the ground, the thing that I think most people struggle to to envisage how that would work, was not a lot of magic and just a lot of doing um, is probably what I would say to people. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And especially because you build that community aspect of it, I think that's that's pretty cool. Uh, and you started off, right, as a newsletter? Correct, yeah. Yeah, correct, yeah. And that's something that people can still get access to and sign up for today, right? Exactly. So we have our, we have, um, we have essentially two, two platforms. We have our newsletter that's completely for free. Um, and then we have our mobile apps on Android and iOS. And that's most, pretty much all of it is a premium product. And so uh, it's behind a paywall and then you, you have to... Um, purchase an annual membership and then that unlocks it all. Um, but the, the newsletter is for free yeah, and, 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 and will, will continue to be free. That is great. I actually signed up for it. I've been reading it. So thank you. It's Very been good. really great. <laughs> um, and thank so, you. oh, of course, it's good stuff. So you talk a lot about trust and community and inherently that talks about the human experience and also the customer experience. So how do you think about the customer experience when creating a company like Finimize? And how do you find out what financial advice will impact your your audience the most? So, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the second question uh, because that's easy. So we don't give financial advice. Um, we, we try to give you as the end consumer all the information that you need to make a smart decision. Uh, and that decision might be to not do anything. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, we have no incentive to get you to transact or any of that. Like we just have the mandate that we want to make sure that you make a decision out of knowledge and information as opposed to ignorance. Um, and so at the end of the day, we never tell you, oh, you should buy or sell or do whatever. If you want to sell, here's how to think about it. If you want to buy, here's how you might think about it. At the end of the day, it's you're you're a smart uh, person, and 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 you need to make uh, you need to think about the trade-offs. Um, in terms of uh, how we built the community and, and and how we think about sort of consumer experience, I think first of all the seeds I think were 
were um, were given in the very very early stages where we tried to treat our users as VIPs. Um, and what I mean by that is like, we would do things like, we'd be like, hey, uh, where do you work? Okay, cool. And then we'd just like show up on a Friday and like bring coffee and cupcakes for everybody in the office where, where that user was working. Or like, hey, what's your address? And then we would just like send them uh, merchandise uh, without having done anything. And and we were trying to create these wow moments because obviously which other brand gives you stuff for free for you ha not having really done anything. And and I think that then created this culture within our team, but also within, the, within our user base, um, sort of these values that we really try to cherish um, our, our users. And... One day, then we said, hey, this is all cool. People are reading the newsletter. People are talking about it, referring it, et cetera. We're, we're, we're like treating our users as VAPs. Um, why don't we try and get some of these people together and, and we'll get to know more of these people? Um, and who are these people who actually read, read our news? And I think we were like maybe 30,000 uh, users at the time. And then we did this in, in this pub um, in East London and we had like 50 people show up and the entire pub was like overtaken by Finomize users, which was, which was really, really surprising and crazy to us. And so we did more and more of these because we we're like, this is pretty cool and it seems to be of interest. So let's do more. And so we continued to do that in, in, in London and more and more and more people started showing up and one day people started writing us being like, Hey, I love this. Can you do this in New York? Or can you do this in Los Angeles? Or can you do this in Sydney? And, uh, originally we were saying we'd love to, but you know, we can't fly to Los Angeles now and host a, just to host a meetup. Um, but as we started getting more and more of these requests, people, we basically one, one day decided, you know what, why, why don't you actually do this? Um, in like, why doesn't Tara do this in New York, for example? And, uh, why doesn't Mark do this in, in Dublin? Um, and we created this like playbook and this experience where uh, we felt comfortable letting these community hosts become an extension of our brand because that's obviously really, really crucial. Uh, and we onboarded them, et cetera. And, and then they started hosting these meetups and that's what gave birth to the Finomize community, really. Um, so it was a very natural, organic evolution. It was not something that we sort of sat down in a, in a meeting room and like on a whiteboard or like, here's how we're going to build a community. It just really kind of happened. We went and we went with the flow. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. That story is cool. I like how you talk about basically creating community hosts in different ge geographies. I was going to ask you a bit of that, about that too, because you started in 2016 in London and with financial advice, there's a bit of wisdom in, in collective advice, but there is also a bit of knowing local markets. So how does Finomize approach that, especially as you grow into these new geographies? So I think um, we have a, we, we, we certainly have a, 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 have a lens that we look through where we look specifically at the U.S., the U.K., and Europe. Um, but a lot of the things that we talk about 
um, because we're very much focused on the investing side of things, uh, are global. You know, like if, if you're interested in investing into a power, a, a battery uh, storage company that's going to power all of the electric vehicles, you can do that if you're in Canada, in India, or in Australia. It doesn't At the end of the day, geography doesn't matter. I think geography really matters much more if you start to think about, um, hey, how can I optimize my 401k or how, how do I optimize my RA? And while we do cover some of that, that's definitely not the, the focus for us. And the focus is much more around investing, investing opportunities, investing trends, investing knowledge. How do, how should you structure your portfolio, et cetera? And, and that tends to have a very global um, um, reach and, and, and relevance. And that actually kind of goes back to the original mission, because for for investors, especially young and first time investors, they may not even think like that. They may think that they're limited, but you can educate them through the community and through your services, which is great. When you're talking about that customer experience and building that, it has a lot to do with trust, as you mentioned. It sounds like choosing the right people to help you expand your brand is important. So can you tell me a little bit about if you're thinking it from a product perspective, how do you control quality, quote unquote? And then also, what are you using to measure your success? So, yeah, that's absolutely crucial. And, 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 and we, take, we take that very, very seriously. Um, so when we recruit community hosts, we do this on a quarterly basis typically, and each quarter we get thousands of applications, uh, people wanting to become a community host. And we end up with maybe 50, I would say. Um, and so you see there's a really large drop-off there. Um, and, and, and the reason is we're very, very conscious of the brand equity that we have and, and how important trust is. And, you know, if, if you've never experienced anything relating to Finimize and then you go to a meetup hosted by a host and, and the meetup is horrible and, and maybe they're even like trying to convince you to buy some stock or whatever or, or, or trying to sell you something themselves. I mean, you're not going to think, oh, well, you know, Finimize is great, but that host was just really bad. You're going to think, wow, Finimize is horrible. Um, and, and so that quality assurance is really crucial for us. And, and that's what our community team um, ensures is that they they onboard everybody individually. They have a playbook. They have an onboarding experience. And then that can only go so far. Uh, and then to come to your second question, at the end of each meetup, we immediately ask uh, people for a net promoter score. Uh, and that way we're able to track which hosts satisfies and 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 excites and and hosts really really good meetups and and which hosts perhaps doesn't um and you know there can always be outliers but you know at the end of the day that feedback loop is very very good and uh, one of the things that we put a lot of emphasis on on building uh, and so that that's another way how we can ensure that the quality um is is uh, is is at a really really high bar? Yeah, that's fantastic. And at Zendesk, we're big proponents of feedback and feedback loops. And I think that often 
people see that through the lens of maybe a product development, you know, like a physical product or software. But I love that you're bringing it to the service as well and thinking about it from a service perspective. Yeah, I mean, we 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 do the product side for sure as well, but but definitely we also do it on the community yeah, side. No, that that's great. That's great. And so also congratulations to your company as well with getting funding and all that great stuff. What was it like to go from uh, offering a, a newsletter that was free to offering a subscription service? What was that transition like? Ultimately, it came... So So one of the things that, that I, I think Jack Dorsey actually said when he built Twitter, uh, which I think really resonates with me, is that he's like... We built Twitter, and then we just started listening. We started listening to our users, and and that then gave life to the hashtag and to all these features that today for us are core Twitter, um, just by listening. And I think we try to do something similar, and we we try to listen to our users, um, and it's easier said than done. Um, and so one of the things when we looked, for example, through all of our, our net promoter surveys was, you know, what could we do to improve? And probably at the top of the list was always, I want to have more content. And that then made us think, okay, what can we do, et cetera. And, and obviously, you know, the, we need to build a business around it as well. So, so the, for context, perhaps, so the, the, the free newsletter is supported through ads. Uh, and then the subscription is obviously support, direct to consumer. And uh, we were very wary also thinking about that, you know, that personal experience that I had when I tried to inform and educate myself online. As you said yourself, you start Googling and then you start hitting all these websites and it's like they're probably really optimized to get affiliate fees from you clicking on there and then setting up an account and, you start losing trust uh, in the platform and because the incentives aren't aligned. And so I think for us, it was really important that the business model is aligned with the end consumer. And so what I was saying earlier is like, if, if one of our members goes off and says, okay, I've understood it all. And, and here's how I think about it. And, and, and the consequences, I'm not going to take action. Then that should be completely fine and that should be aligned with, with our incentives. And I think uh, that's why the subscription model lends itself very, very, very well. Um, and so that's why we basically, or that's how we, 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 we launched a subscription service. And, you know, it's not for everybody. Some people uh, don't want to upgrade and that's fine. That's why we have the free product. But some people do want to upgrade and they, and they really love it. Um, and, and then we can offer them more. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly trying to add more and more and more value to the people who have gotten the premium version um, in order to ensure that they get the most out of it, uh, they get the most bang for their buck um, over time. Thank you for sharing that. That's very interesting. I, I know that a lot of folks who are starting their company, they start off with some form of giving um, at least especially to to build their base, to give their product away a little bit for free. And then obviously there's still, how are you making money? And, and with what you were doing, obviously that makes sense to have advertising. But it's really fascinating to see why you decided to go with that route and how how 
that is fundamental around trust and making sure that people do have faith in your in your company and what you're doing and that they can come to you. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. I think it will hit for a lot of people. So um, one of the questions I have, you talked about this experience of, of growing through digital. And I can't help but ask, I know it's a common question, but did you find that this was accelerated or was there any impact from the pandemic? How did that affect your company? I think on the on the community side, it, uh, it definitely accelerated it because one of the big constraints previously was that meetups had to happen in a, in a physical location. You had to find a venue. Uh, there was a lot of logistics around it. Uh, and then from one day to the next, that just vanished. And, and all you needed was a Zoom link, you know? Um, and so that's allowed us, I think, to really scale uh, uh, much faster on, on the on the meetups uh, front. Um, and then I think on, on the content and product side, we, we've definitely seen higher engagement metrics, people leaning in more to the, to the whole conversation. But I would say that the, the biggest impact we've seen certainly was on the community side. We experienced that a lot too at Zendesk. We had done a lot of in-person events and we had to transform quickly. But I think you're right. Ultimately, it's kind of giving access to more people in more places. And and we 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 think that's pretty cool. I'm glad to see that's been good for your business as well. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cool because then you know you can have a conversation with someone from Africa, with someone from Sydney, and it almost like shrinks the world a little bit. Uh, and, and, and one of the things obviously with meetups is that there's a lot of benefits to them being in person and, and then also fosters trust and that in, in-person element is really, really crucial. But on the flip side, um, a lot of the conversations obviously that happen basically stay in that silo and, and, and can't be shared globally with other, with other people. And so I think from that point of view, virtual has also been really, really I think um, leveling the playing field a little bit, um, which 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 is cool. So they, they each have pros and cons. It'll be interesting to see how it pans it out, uh, how how it pans out after um, after things start to open up again. But um, probably some sort of a hybrid is, is is what people are thinking. Yeah, I agree, Max. And plus, it kind of makes me think about the information industry in general and how when the internet was invented and how that changed the financial world so much because information could be transferred more in real time. So I think there are some really fascinating things that will come. I'm excited for that. Speaking of what's next, what's next for Finimize? So um, a lot uh, <laughs> is the short answer. I think we've, uh, like I said, we, we, we try to listen to our users quite a lot. Um, we have been very focused on helping people discover new, interesting and relevant investing trends, opportunities, et cetera. And I think we're, we've done a good job at that. Um, I think where we're still seeing people uh, need help or where we f- feel like we can add more value is then what happens once you do have an idea. Um, and, and, and you might have a thesis, an investment thesis. Um, how do you substantiate that thesis? Um, how do you do your research? How do you speak with other people about it? Um, and so I think that, that, very similar to this experience that you had with the Google searches, I think that's still a very, very fragmented user experience and still very confusing um, and I think is ripe for, 
for Finemize to move in and, and, and help people wrap their heads around doing their research, understanding a little bit more how to substantiate their investment theses, connect with other people around it uh, to substantiate it and, and get their proof points that way. That's cool. I'm excited to see, and I'll be watching and participating. Um, so my final question for you, we, we ask a lot of our guests this just out of curiosity, but when you reach out to a company or you're trying to engage with them, what is your favorite way or channel, as we call it, that you like to reach out? I guess that there's a hierarchy, uh, and, and it really depends. I, I, I think, obviously, immediacy is, is, is something that's very, very powerful. So chat, but also old school phone, you know. Um, and in some in some cases, I, I also think uh, email works best because obviously with chat, then you have to wait and, and then perhaps then that person needs to check it. Um, I would say the, 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 the best experiences tend to be um, not so much around the channel, but about uh, how... And, and how quickly they engage with you. So if they come to you and they sympathize with with the issue that you're having and, and they can relate to it and uh, they make you feel like this is important to them and they ensure that this gets resolved very quickly, uh, I think that's really good. I think a really, a really bad experience is uh, whenever the first reaction is, well, let me point you to terms and condition clause three, uh, and this is why we won't help you. Um, so I think it's the, the more human it can be, uh, I think the more we as humans feel heard and feel helped, and the more robotic it is, uh, whether that's a human just pointing you to a clause or whether that's actually a robot, um, I think uh, the worst of an experience it is personally. Oh, I agree. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure talking with you. We appreciate you being on. And maybe someday we will get to have an actual Americana and a cappuccino together. I would love that. Thank you. Max, thanks for sitting down with us. I love that true bootstrap mentality of founders getting out there and building their startups from the ground up. And now you've built great partnerships, received fundings, and expanded globally through community hosts. I can picture the team standing in the rain at universities in those early days. Yes, I can picture it too. It was really great chatting with Max, and it's really cool that Vinamize is connecting people and facilitating conversations about money and finance. If you liked this episode, do us a favor, share with a friend and help us grow. Until next time, stay safe. And hungry. Hungry.